Hello, everyone. My name is Brennan Marr. That noise you're hearing is my ventilator, and welcome to A Larger World, presented by Page Turners They Were Not, a Star Wars podcast. Today, we are going to continue cataloging the vehicles and vessels of Star Wars. And now we move along to 1999's Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. Ah. Uh, the amount of vehicles that we got to see in this movie compared to what we had seen before was quite astonishing. In fact, so many that it will be difficult to cover them all, but we will try our best. So join with me as we discuss the vehicles and vessels of the Phantom Menace. And we begin with the first major sh new ship that we see, the Consular Class Cruiser. The Radiant 7, or I guess you could just call it a Republic Cruiser. The one that delivers Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon to the Trade Federation ship. Of course, the second one that we see, second ship that we see, is a Lucre Hulk class battleship, or rather... The Luker, Luker Hulk class cargo freighter. As the Trade Federation is always like, hey, you know. It's quite ironic that, um, you know, they land in the hangar bay of the droid control ship. And there's an awful lot of battle droids and other things visible. And they're like, oh, the blockade is legal, though. All this stuff is it's it's legal, don't worry about it. Pretty funny if you ask me. <laughs> now the name of the droid control ship on which they land is uh the Vutun Pala. Uh yeah. Yeah, they never say that uh in the movie. <laughs> And there's another one we see later called the Sack Ack. Yeah. You know what? I don't know which one they went to first. Which one Obi Wan and Qui Gon went to first? I have no idea. Now, of course, the next vehicles that we see are other things owned by the Trade Federation. A lot of their war material, um, and my goodness. Uh, the Trade Federation Troop Carrier, of course. 
which I think we only see briefly. Yeah. Well, you know what? That is not the one that I'm thinking of. The next vehicle that we see are the C-9979 landing craft. As they're being loaded up in the hangar bay of the Trade Federation vessel. Whichever one. Um, and it, of course, is loading up quite a few of the uh, war the artillery, I think. That was the word I'm looking for. Things like the single trooper aerial platform or step. <laughs> There's so many. I mean that that's the weird part is is there's so many that it's like hard to name them all. Because I think that what happened is George Lucas finally had the budget to create budget and technology to create what could not have been created before. So basically you get you see the tanks, you see the um I cannot find the name of them, but the vehicles that the droids, the battle droids are loaded into, you know, those real rounded, brown-colored floating ones. And so, of course, we know that Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon sneak aboard separate ships. Separate ships didn't make much sense to me, but whatever. And they go down to the surface where you see the Trade Federation deploying its arsenal of droid carriers and tanks, and you see the landing craft and the invasion of Thiet. Which, of course, brings us to our next major vehicle. Probably one of the more iconic ones from the prequel. And that, of course, would be the Royal Naboo Starship. The J-Type 327 Nubian. Ah, Nubian. Yes, very iconic because of its very sleek design. Very much, I think, in the tradition of you know, Art Deco and, and kind of the the kind of vehicles and vessels that George Lucas would have seen as a child watching the Flash Gordon and Buck Rogers. So that brings us to our kind of the halfway point of the episode. We're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we are going to discuss more of the vehicles and vessels of the Phantom Menace. See you in just a moment. Okay, that was a word about our sponsor. Okay. The next thing that we see after the 
Naboo Royal Starship is unfortunately diverted to Tatooine. Fortunately or unfortunately, depending on how you look at it. The next major vehicles, of course, that we see are the pod racers. But before the pod racer, we see... Well, we see Annika's pod racer first. Of all the pod racers. But then, before the race, we see the scimitar. Darth Maul's ship, which has a bit of the TIE fighter look. A little bit of the Star Destroyer look in the nose. Brilliantly combining the two designs. And I love the scimitar. I think it looks really cool. But then we come to the actual pod race. And if we took time to describe every pod racer, I think we'd be here a long time. So, of course, we have Anakin's pod racer with its iconic blue and yellow color scheme. Now, I'm more familiar with the pod racers than from the Star Wars uh, pod racer game than I am of anywhere else. There's so many. All I can tell you is that my favorite in the game was uh, Mars Glow's Pod Racer. Uh, which I don't know the model name or any of that stuff. But of course, the most iconic Pod Racers are Anakin's and Sebulba's. Now, Sebulba's pretty clear the color scheme is meant to be reminiscent of Masala's chariot in Ben-Hur. Yes, indeed. And even the way the race ends with them getting stuck, but Sebulba pulling apart, causing his pod racer to split, and he crashes. Obviously not in as bloody or violent a way as Masala ends in um, Ben-Hur, which is surprisingly disturbing and bloody for a 1950s movie. Okay, so that brings us to the pod race. We know, of course, how that ends. They're able to get what they need, and they travel to Coruscant. Now, on Coruscant, we see a variety of transports and vehicles and shuttles. None of which really stand out. But then, of course, the nothing gets done on Coruscant, so they decide to return to Naboo. Now, one vehicle I did forget to mention early on was the Bongo, which is the Gungan submarine, which is loaned to uh, Qui-Gon, Obi-Wan, and Jar Jar Binks. 
And that is a beautiful design. I do like the bongo very much. Lisa, give you a bongo. And, uh... But then, of course, they return and acquire the help of the Gungans. And the next vehicles that we get to see are not vehicles in the traditional sense, but a lot of the mounts ridden by the Gungans. Which, there's so many of them, I could not begin to tell you what they're called. And then, of course, we get the N1 Naboo Starfighter. Another iconic image of the Phantom Menace. Which are almost maybe a little bit too sleek for my taste. Almost in their design. And yellow is just not really my color. But nonetheless, of course, we know how that ends. And that really brings us to the... Really, the end of the movie in terms of the vehicles. The major vehicles. The last vehicle, which we've seen already, of course, is the... Is the, um... The, tra the shuttle for the Trade Federation. And, of course, we also see Chancellor Palpatine's shuttle. But that really brings us to the end. We see so many more vehicles in The Phantom Menace than we had ever gotten to see in any Star Wars film. And initially, I would say that I thought that it was incongruent or did not fit with what we'd seen in Star Wars prior. But over the years... Over the years, I have come to believe that what we're seeing in the original trilogy is a dark age for the galaxy. An industrialized, mechanized dark age. The prequels give us a window into the final days of the Galactic Republic, the last days of the Golden Age. One could argue that the Golden Age of the Republic was already over. But nonetheless, the last vestiges of the Golden Age. And that, thus for me, I like seeing all the new ships. And things looking sleeker. I mean, I would have liked things to look a little bit more used. But nonetheless, it was really creating this sense of this is a different time. My friend and I were discussing, and he said, well, you know, when, when the economy's good, people have fancier cars, sleeker cars. And then the economy is bad, and people kind of start buying more utilitarian vehicles. And I think that makes sense, because that's exactly what we're seeing in Star Wars. None of the... The only vehicles from The Phantom Menace that really... I would like to own. Having a bongo would be really cool. Um, and I like the design of the Trade Federation landing craft. 
Um, but there really isn't anything that I'm like, I have to have this ship. <laughs> you know, I have to have a figurine of the ship somewhere in my house. Not necessarily, but nonetheless, I do enjoy the vehicles brought to the table in The Phantom Menace. That brings us to the end of cataloging the films from episode one. Sorry, cataloging the vehicles and vessels of episode one. Tune in next week as we discuss the vehicles of the Attack of the Clones. My name is Brennan Mard. That noise you're hearing is my ventilator, and thank you for tuning in to a larger world presented by Page Turners. They were not my Star Wars podcast. May the Force be with you. <laughs>